TC Hill is not a doctor and does not claim to be a doctor or licensed in any type of medical field. Don't be an idiot and use anything heard on the show as medical advice. This information should be used for educational purposes only and you should contact your doctor for any medical advice. Now get off me. Welcome to Kick It Naturally. I'm Kenna McEnroe and I'm here with TC Hill, author, natural health expert, producer, trainer, hairstylist. Uh, hairstylist. Today. I was a hairstylist today. Yeah, oh, we did a video shoot with Will and his hair was all jacked up. I had to make it pretty. He took a nap. Yeah. So he had nap head, but I, <laughs> I, I pulled out my handy hairdresser kit that I've had for a long time. Your palm? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I licked my palm like a cat and just mat it down and it, it looked nice. Well, you look gorgeous, Will. Thanks. And Will, Thank you. Except for the th- hair. You, you did <laughs> yeah. a great job, Tony. Uh, Will Hottie Patati Schmidt is back from Florida. So he's yeah. in studio again. Good times. We were really impressive last week with the bi-coastal show. Uh, yeah. I can talk really loud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but isn't technology amazing? Mm. And just to think that like what? few years ago skype wasn't even available i mean how long has it been out and then it was available and it sucked but i bet a lot of you guys didn't even know he wasn't even here and if we didn't say anything because he sounded oh pretty. i did oh. oh yeah well we're happy to have him back anyways mm-hmm. thanks so well i guess we'll have a show today Oh, well, let's do it. Yeah, okay. You know, and for all of our Kick It Naturally listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial so you can check out their service. So just go to kickitinthenuts.com forward slash audiobook well, that's nice to of find them. the link. Yeah, that's nice of Audible. Okay, today's topic is chronic pain. And this must really just suck for anybody who has it. Well, think about this. You know, like, let's just say back pain. Oh, yeah. Most people have experienced back pain at some point, mm-hmm. and when it's going on, like you can't even brush your teeth without being in pain. Like you realize, wow, I use that for every single thing mm-hmm. I do, no matter what it is. There's been times when I've just been like on the ground and can't move for like 30 minutes because I'm having a back cramp, and like I, I just literally I'm paralyzed for a while until finally it loosens up for some reason, and then I can like crawl somewhere you know it's good to be able to crawl i guess yeah yeah but yeah people uh, their whole life is is altered because of this situation and there's there's lots of different kinds of pain i'm sure we'll talk about a lot of them today but uh, for somebody that is experiencing this on a a year-long decade-long lifelong thing which a lot of people are it's it's a big deal and even if you can find some type of improvement it's a big deal for a lot of people it's, I was thinking this one comedian talks. He's talking about what a big deal back pain was. He's like, I don't know if you know this about your back, but it's most of your body. <laughs> when it hurts, you can't do anything. Right? Yeah. yeah, it's 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 a bad thing. So hopefully we can help some people uh, at least get pointed in the right direction. Because um, what we'll talk about today is we'll talk about some underlying causes for chronic pain that we see people experience, and. Uh, how to look at your body to help try and figure out which one might be causing the trouble for you. Because if you can at least just start moving in the right direction to improve it, it's, it's a, it's, it can be a big deal. Yeah. I mean, and it not only affects you, it affects everybody in your life because it affects your moods, it affects your mobility, it, you know, all kinds of stuff. You kind of just become a hermit at some point because you just can't really go out because you're in so much pain. Right. A lot of people can't earn a living because... They're, because they're debilitated. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and a lot of those people, you know, are going to their doctor and trying to find some help. And most of what the doctors look at is either an x-ray or an MRI or, uh, you know, blood work. And, and once you get beyond those things, there's not a whole lot more that they have in their uh, toolbox. Yeah. I, I think I might have mentioned this before, but I was, I was labeled permanently disabled at one point. Yeah, and then like a week or two later, I was playing basketball. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we'll, talk, we'll get into that story. Okay, sure. um, so I guess this is kind of show. We'll just get into some questions, and but like one question we might answer for like forty five minutes. This yeah. is probably going to be a two part show. So wow. buckle up and stand clear. All right, and if you want to know how to like 
ask your own question, then you need to join us on Facebook at Kick It In The Nuts. That's where we post all of our show topics, and you guys can ask questions or even ask for a specific show topic, and we'll, you know... Try to cater to you. We had a great request this week that Kenna will be excited about. What? Somebody James wanted to know about. He wanted us to do a show about alcohol. Oh, so, yes. like, oh. like just all the ins and outs, and or maybe he wanted us to do a show while we were drinking alcohol. I'm, I'm not for sure. That. I'll let's, look over. It. Let's try yeah. both. But I get asked every day, like, what's the best alcohol to drink? <laughs> right. This morning, eight thirty the morning. Well, let's not let's not answer yet. We'll get all to right. that. Okay, oh, James, that one's coming. All right, we'll do it soon. All right, so here we go. Into questions, and that was loud. Sorry, Nina. Uh, Tracy from Marietta, Georgia. Joints ache daily. And joint is probably, I would say chronic pain. I would say joint is probably half the people at least. Yeah, mm-hmm. joints suck. Right. Um, well, they're good. <laughs> no, they're if you amazing. Have them. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk a little bit Smoke about joint pain and, and, you know, the most common things that you hear, this is one thing that really bugs me a lot, is the most common thing that you hear in the natural world for improving joint pain when you're not using some type of drug or something is people will say use glucosamine mm. or they'll say use MSM. And uh, why these are so popular is because they work for a lot of people um, because uh, two very common causes for joint pain are an individual being overly anabolic and an individual being overly catabolic. So why don't we have Will talk about why those issues could cause joint pain, but then I'll come back to the glucosamine and MSM. I'm trying to create uh, some tension. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, suspense. We need more sound effects. Yeah, okay. Sure. Well, we can throw that in hey. one time. Okay. So let's talk so, yeah. about uh, anabolic imbalance creating joint pain and a catabolic imbalance creating joint yeah. pain. Yeah. So when you look at the catabolic imbalance, it's kind of easier to explain the, the kind of pain that you would feel because you're literally at a cellular level falling apart a bit. The right. tissues are not able to maintain their structural integrity. Just like if you think of it, you did a really hard workout and your muscles are really sore, a workout is a catabolic uh, activity. You're Inducing, bra- yeah, yeah. You're breaking tissue down. As the opposite would be like sleep, where your body's working on building tissues back up. So if you're in a catabolic state, it's as if the tissues of your body are in a catabolic state to a degree where you're stuck in it and there's an imbalance because it's appropriate to be in a catabolic state during daylight hours or when you're doing something that requires a lot of energy right. expenditure. But if you're stuck in that or you're too, and you never get into the anabolic state for rebuilding or you're too deeply into the catabolic state, you're going to experience accelerated tissue breakdown. And with that, just like the soreness that you would get from a workout can also happen like at all the different tissue levels, whether it's an internal organs or at like the, the level of the tendons and bones. All and that the, connective and, tissue yeah, that right. kind of holds the joints together right. and allows them to move freely and uh, smoothly without grinding together. You know, there's there's stuff in there that that makes all that happen. You want to have that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the structural components can degenerate and break down through excessive excitation and and lack of reparation. If they're they're not getting into an anabolic state and rebuilding those tissues and super compensating for the work that they just did and getting stronger and adapting to the environment, then you're going to start to feel like increased inflammation and decreased... uh, like integrity and and strength of those tissues, so you'll you'll have that uh, pain that goes along with the nerves recognizing that hey, there's destruction going on here, just like you would if you were like to run a hundred miles and your legs start to really burn and ache, and like that's they're they're not keeping up with the demand, so your body will send you pain signals. Hey, tr- stop it! Right to try to discourage that activity. But if you're just being you, you know, you're sitting there and you don't realize you're you're not trying to work out or whatever, but your body's in this catabolic imbalance, you're just going to start aching. Right. Like, if you I'm just, not even running. Yeah, yeah, I'm just getting the mustard. <laughs> right. Out of the Come refrigerator. I'm in horrible pain. Right. So, uh, to take a step back, if you're if you're a first-time listener, um, when we talk about the anabolic and catabolic states, it's just a diphasic uh, state of the body kind of moves back and forth uh, depending on the time of day and what type of things should be going on in the body. So the catabolic state is during the day when we're active. And in that state, the body will kind of break down tissue so that the tissue can be rebuilt. It's a natural thing. It's good that it happens. We want it to happen. There's nothing wrong with it. 
And the anabolic state is at night when we sleep, and that's kind of when the body rebuilds all those tissues. And that's how we get that new body. You hear about, you know, over so long of a period, your body is totally new at the cellular level. Mm -hmm. So that's how that happens. Um, But some people can get stuck in one state or another most of the time, and if we're not moving back and forth, that's where these problems happen. Yeah. So now, in looking at the anabolic... Let's not go there just yet. Oh. So, um, I'm really still excited about the catabolic one. Okay. And and Kenna fell asleep for a part of it, so... Because <laughs> it doesn't mean, though, it's not about me. Right. We'll I'm that. anabolic. Uh, yeah. Um, well, you hear a lot of people about they will have some type of arthritis, and they're like, oh, yeah, well, they're bone on bone. And, and what that means is that all that connective tissue has deteriorated. So, the pain is coming from those bones racking up against each other and all of that tissue that connects them and that squishy stuff in between bones that should be there and and keep them from banging together and um it's gone and and why that happens is because in the same way that tissues get broken down all that connective tissue gets broken down too so a lot of the arthritis like especially rheumatoid arthritis we see in an overly catabolic state and we had an arthritis episode, right? We did. Yeah, I think we yeah. did. And, and you know, the medical community views rheumatoid arthritis as an autoimmune issue, kind of where the body is attacking itself. Um, but we view it more in that the body is kind of breaking down all this tissue, and it can be for a multiple variety of reasons that it would do that. It could be a catabolic state. It could also be looking for nutrients if not enough's coming into the body. But if the body's always breaking down and not rebuilding, uh, the result would be just like if the body decided to go psycho and attack itself, which I just see as not as... As malarkey. Yeah, well, there are autoimmune issues. They do exist. Um, The immune system can uh, get confused in some situations, but in a lot of autoimmune type situations, we see that it's... The body breaking it down, the body, the body breaking itself down for one purpose or another, and the function of rebuilding is not functioning correctly. Yeah, I think it's important for people to take those sort of autoimmune descriptions really, how, how to say it, with a grain of salt, I suppose. Like It's possible that that pathology is correct, but a lot of the times they're not certain that that's what's so. They're thinking that's so. In some diseases, they'll say, oh, for sure, we identified this virus's genetics. It's there. It's present. Like maybe in Lyme's disease cases, I don't even know for sure that. Right. But a, a lot of the times, they're assuming like that you have this particular autoimmune disease or any pathology, and they're, they're going based off of the symptoms and set of parameters. But there very may well be a lot of other stuff going on that is a far more empowering perspective empowering and like if it's an autoimmune disease and you're just kind of genetically screwed you just got to take their expensive medications to try to abate the symptoms as long as you can for the rest of your life is usually the story right but if it's something at a biochemical level but they'll give you a coupon for a discount yeah right you just get the right plan (laughs) but but if it's something at a biochemical level where you can take action with your nutrition your environment your exercise your mental state to help correct it that whether or not you're certain that like it is an autoimmune or you you don't think it is it's just more useful to take perspective to at least explore the perspective of what about the possibility of this scenario in which i have some possibility of taking action and, and power and doing something about yeah. it yeah instead that of having it more hopeful for sure yeah it's more hopeful like like when i was experiencing some really crazy body pain they were thinking that I had MS. They they weren't certain of it. They were doing all sorts of tests. They didn't know what was wrong. But it wasn't useful for me to believe that I had MS and just to go along with those meds because it's just a horrible path of degeneration and medi- and medication for the rest of your life that there is no cure. So I kept looking. Like, what else could it be? Right. And I found it. So And I didn't, I didn't actually what have... What was it? There was a lot of complicated things going on with my His chemistry. hair was messed up. Yeah, maybe. I just needed Tony to like... Fix your hair. <laughs> his, <laughs> Tony's saliva had his enzyme that helped fix my cali. No, there was a lot of things going on. Primarily, I was I was eating all these like toxic pre-workout supplements and crazy weight gainers and things like that that really screwed up my nervous system and my circulation. 
Uh, there's a lot of work I need to do in my digestion and just understanding like overall I needed good nutrition, which I didn't have from a very young age. And I made it worse by following mainstream kind of fitness, nutrition, supplementation. So once I got away from that, I learned more stuff about what we teach here about how to understand your body chemistry and work and tailor your diet to yourself. So it was a whole package of things mm-hmm. I needed to do to fix it. But there was a there was a solution, you know. Had I just accepted the doctor's diagnosis face value mm-hmm. or their their speculative diagnosis, then I would have been just kind of like trying one med after the next. You wouldn't be hottie yeah. potato. You'd be like yeah. Skeletor by now. Yeah, be yeah. bummer. Yeah. Well, my friend, they misdiagnosed her too. They said she had MS, and now they're like, oh, maybe you have mold. Um, you know, or you're right. sick from mold, and you know, because she had her apartment had mold in it, so she had to move out. But like they've given her every single diagnosis there is. And she, meanwhile, she doesn't know what's going on. She's trying to eat clean, but she, you know, mm-hmm. maybe she's eating completely wrong. I mean, I keep trying to steer this direction and talk to Tony and stuff. But yeah. but you told her that you host a show, so she should just do what you say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we're going to come back to some of Will's stuff because there'll be people with questions more in line with that one, too. So we'll we'll talk about that some more. But one thing that... You know, because the reality is that when it comes to the human body, we all know exactly zero. We just don't know what's really going on. We have a lot of inclinations and and things that seem to be right. And a lot of people have great theories that contradict each other. And you got to kind of assume that, you know, they're, they might be right in some circumstances. But one thing that really pushes me towards the view that we talk about a lot and not the autoimmune, the body has just decided to wreck itself for no reason uh, viewpoint, is that it's similar to osteoporosis or uh, the thinning of bones. And they, they get a lot of concern, especially with older friends, that, uh, you know, bone breakage. And they view a lot of that as the body attacking itself and the bones becoming degenerated. And I, but it it correlates also with PPIs. So when somebody takes a a proton pump inhibitor or acid reflux medication for an extended period of time, all of a sudden bones become thinner and start breaking and osteoporosis has the ability to show up. You know, that's, that's been proven to be a, a correlation that shows up with the use of that medication. So are you also telling me that PPIs just make the body snap and hate bones. Like the body can snap and hate bones, but then it always hates bones when you take PPIs. I don't think that's realistic, but we know that a PPI turns off digestion. It turns off the body's ability to gain nutrients from the foods that we're eating. And if it can't gain nutrients from what we're eating, it's going to shop at its own 7-Eleven. It's going to start looking for nutrients in the body and breaking down tissue to get that. So, that correlation makes sense in my head more than, yeah, this makes the body attack itself, and so does this drug. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I mean, that seems ridiculous. I I wasn't really aware that they call osteoporosis an autoimmune disease. Well, that's there's a group of people uh, that do, but uh, that but they do it a lot with rheumatoid arthritis, uh, and um, it's the same type of degeneration, the same type of tissue degeneration. Uh, so that's the correlation that I put with it. Gotcha. Yeah, my sister, she's 35, 36, and a couple years ago they said she had rheumatoid arthritis, so they put her on medicine, all this stuff, and I keep trying, again, I keep saying listen to the podcast, you know, I can't even get her on Facebook, though, so. Well, think about when you first came here and how all the different pains that you had, um, and you were the biggest of them all. Right. And I still <laughs> am the biggest one, but a lot of the other ones went away. And it's, you know, when you think about it, it's almost like we're steering people the wrong direction by using your example because you lost a lot of weight and a lot of pain went away. And it kind of makes people view, oh, all I have to do is lose weight and I fix this pain. But the reality is when you're fixing the underlying causes of the pains, you're also fixing the underlying causes of the body adding all this weight. And a lot of it is just these burdens that the body is dealing with. Well, I hate to say it, but I think sugar is the culprit in my situation. I don't know about everybody's situation, but the minute that I add that back in, 
pain is right around the corner. Mm-hmm. And we and we're recording this, Nina. <laughs> <laughs> we have this recorded. Uh, funny. We're gonna. We should have it as a sound clip on like every show. Yeah. Every time that Kenna gets upset when me and Will talk about sugar messing something up, <laughs> we'll just play that clip. That'll be awesome. Okay, so we haven't gotten to the anabolic joint pain yet. No. This is okay, this is going to be seven episodes long. Yeah. I think this is more complicated than the catabolic. It is. Uh, You're going to talk about calcium deposit kind of thing? I am. Okay, and awesome. energy production issues. Okay, let's do that. Sure. sure. <laughs> okay. Um, so when an individual is in an anabolic imbalance, this has also been termed an anaerobic imbalance, I believe, by Zabravici. Or Ravici. Yeah, yeah, Ravici would call it. So it means oxygen-less, like not enough oxygen <laughs> right. in the tissue. Right. Even if you're breathing, it's not getting into the tissues. And there's different reasons that that can happen. But when that happens, that's it's kind of similar to, if you just think of it like a metaphor, like a car engine, more combustion happens when you push down on the gas because more air is then let into the chamber and it explodes and creates energy and movement and things like that. So in the, like a rough kind of way, oxygen needs to get in there for the mitochondria, the engine of the cells, to perform cellular respiration and oxidize that fuel, whatever it's using, glucose or fatty acids, and turn it into ATP. So in an anabolic person, that's not happening, or it's not happening effectively, or it's not happening as often, or as often, or it's not happening in the same way with the same constituents, so you don't get the same end product. Um, But basically, not enough oxygen is getting into the cells to create energy in this clean, effective way. And when that pathway is is incomplete or not uh, not keeping up with the demand of energy requirements for the cell, then it'll start to try to make energy in a different way, however it can. And so this is where we'll get into lipid peroxidation and um, fermentation. Yeah, and and yeah, fermentation rather than oxidation. So that's a problem because it creates a whole slew of byproducts that we don't want that can contribute to pain and it also imbalances the position of electrolytes inside the cells so we'll see swelling occur as a direct result of this errant energy metabolism so for example calcium which is a highly alkaline electrolyte gets pulled into the mitochondria when this alternative form of energy production is happening and because gels swell in the presence of alkalinity when there's a bunch of calcium inside the mitochondria it starts to swell and just like your knee when it's swollen it doesn't work as well like it changes the when you change the structure of the mitochondria it changes its functionality it doesn't move and perform quite as efficiently so we'll see a decreased performance um, on sort of a exponential level as it pulls more calcium in it becomes less functional as it becomes less functional it pulls more calcium in and so you have this huge like edema issues so you'll feel systemic and localized swelling depending on like which cells are are being forced into this form right of and, and from person to person that can happen anywhere in the body that that location can vary greatly for many different reasons that we may not ever understand but as those cells swell so can the tissues and so can the structure of whatever that body part is or yeah. in, that, in that area. And it can happen in nerve cells as well, so di- which can directly trigger like constant pain signals. Oh, that's fancy. Yeah, it can cause uh, ner- motor neurons to not function right, so you'll get things like drop foot where you can't lift your foot, not necessarily from a spinal impingement, but because of this nerve malfunction, but you also get neuropathy from the cells being swollen and just stuck in an excited state. So that's not that's not fun. And it's called drop foot. Yeah, drop. It yeah, sounds like a garage band. I'm gonna yeah. tell Tony that in the gym. I can't. I got, I got drop, drop foot, foot today. <laughs> yeah, it's a condition. I've had it with different clients for different reasons. Sometimes postural and sometimes biochemical. But yeah, it's like your the the nerves that are supposed to lift your foot just don't. They stop working. Okay, so they'll right. trip a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be directly related to uh, nerve impingements, like either peripheral or along the spine which is a postural mechanical issue, or it can be related to what I'm talking about here, where the nerves are in a state of inflammation and they, the motor neurons can start to malfunction. And pain uh, like neurons can also start to be over-stimulated uh, and, con- and stuck in a state of constant excitation. So in addition to this calcium and swelling and, and that sort of thing, you also end up getting other byproducts of lactate and ammonia 
when... Right, we have like six different directions we could go from where you started right now. So I'm trying to keep track of where right. we want to go with this. But yeah, let's talk about lactic acid. It's complicated. Right. This is my Facebook status. Right. It's complicated. <laughs> they have a smiley face pain. for that. Right. But at the base of it, we want to look at, we want cells to be able to make energy in a healthy way. And chronic pain has a lot to do with alignment, which we haven't even talked about yet. Like movement patterns, biomechanics, right, we'll get to incredibly that. important. And maybe in a lot of the cases, if they just fix that, they'll feel better. In a lot of, especially localized pain, like just my left knee or my... And what started first? Was it the, you know, the, you know... Well, yeah, I mean, it's a case-by-case thing. Yeah. You know? But there's also a lot of, like, things that can um, make it feel worse or better or can be the direct cause when we talk about just this, uh, the cellular metabolism thing. When we look at, like, rheumatoid arthritis, which is sort of a systemic thing, or fibromyalgia, where kind of all your tissues are hurting, that's far less likely to be a postural issue right. and much more likely to be a systemic cellular energy production problem. issue going yeah. on. Yeah. So... Okay, well, let's, let's, before we get too far into all the tissue stuff, because that's kind of where we're, the direction we're moving in, let's talk about the joint issue, too. Because with, in that anabolic state, uh, with all of those errors going on, it also seems that a lot of calcium can be pulled out of the tissues. And there's multiple reasons why that could happen. It could be because maybe a lot of it's going into the cells from that uh, different type of energy production. But... Also, when uh, people consume a lot of carbohydrates and sugars, Kenna, what do you think about uh, sugar? Can I we think play I'm that a back, liar, Nina? and I think they're good. <laughs> Can we play back what Kenna said about sugar? No, uh, okay. I like to lie. But uh, the consumption of those pushes someone more anabolic, and a lot of that calcium gets pulled out of the tissues, uh, along with other minerals. But then, the calcium doesn't go back where it's supposed to go; it gets dropped. And it deposits into joints a lot of the times. It can deposit into other areas too and cause other calcium deposit issues. But it's common to deposit them into joints. And as it does that, the joints don't move smoothly and correctly like they're supposed to because now there's like a little block of calcium hard rock there that's either causing a pain when you move or it's impending. It's not allowing everything to move smoothly and correctly like it should. Um, so as far as joint pain, that's a really common cause of joint pain. Now to tie that back to the magic of where we went with the MSM and the glucosamine, well, glucosamine improves joint pain for a lot of people because it's a very pro anabolic substance. And so it pushes people into that anabolic rebuild state where they can start to rebuild some of that connective tissue that may have been deteriorated over years. And MSM is a, a very strong sulfur pro-catabolic nutrient that pushes someone out of that anabolic state. So if they're um, in that anabolic state all the time and all the calcium is getting pulled out of the tissues and depositing into joints, m- uh, moving them out of that state starts to allow calcium to exist in the right location and uh, those deposits can start to deteriorate a little bit. They're no longer building up every day. They can start to be broken down while the body's in that catabolic breaking down state. So then all of a sudden, MSM was this miracle joint fixer. But really, it's just moving the person into the state that allows the body to do what it's intended to do anyways. And the part that really annoys me is that Supplement companies say, oh, well, MSM helps some people with joint pain and glucosamine helps some people with joint pain. So we'll just put them both in the same formula and create a super joint formula. So now the person's taking MSM and glucosamine and they're pushing the opposite direction and it's doing no good. You should, that's like driving with your car on the foot and the gas at the same time. It's like supplements with ox bile and HCL in them. Right, at the same Yeah, it's, it's worthless. Yeah. You mean the break in the gas. Did I? What did I say? You said the foot Glove and the box? gas. Oh, yeah, the foot and the <laughs> gas. Yeah. yeah, the break in the gas. So, so that's, those are some common causes for joint pain. So in order to know what the next step is for you, you really have to look at your chemistry and figure out what's going on with your body. So, yeah, you need to find out if you're catabolic or anabolic, and you can do that by... The course, or one of Tony's books. 
Right, so the free, the free digestion course at kickitinthenuts.com teaches people how to look at their physiology and do simple self-tests at home. And, and, and you know out. what else teaches people? thehealthprocourse.com so if you want to learn how to become a health coach or even just dig into more advanced teachings for yourself or your family go to healthprocourse.com to learn about Tony and Will's course for coaches registration for this course only opens to the public for about a week at a time so be sure to register for the coach newsletter so you'll be notified when the next registration opens you'll find more info at healthprocourse.com cool so now that we covered that joint stuff well, let's go back to... Um, well, just got a text from a girlfriend. No, I was just <laughs> looking up the word for the next question. Uh, oh, it's what? Yeah. Wahat. Uh, <laughs> um, Wahat. So uh, let's continue on to that anabolic creating a lot of lactic acid through all the fermentation um, and what that can do to the tissues. Yeah. So um, one of the big... There's, well, we already talked about the swelling that occurs from the calcium retention inside the mitochondria. And that further interferes with circulation and, and energy production in general. Um, so you'll feel tired also, and the muscles can also be tired and not work as well because they're not making as much energy as they should. So you'll get things more like twitching, cramping, chronic tension. Uh, what a lot of people don't understand about muscle cells, for example, is it takes energy for them to stay relaxed. And right. when they it takes run minerals out, to do that. Yeah. When they run out of the nutrients and energy that they need to be properly relaxed, they start to clench. And that's weird because we think it takes so much energy to flex a muscle and to make it contract. Uh, like when you're working out, it's much easier to relax. Will is posing yeah, right now. Yeah, he's flexing his <laughs> arm right now. Do you right. need some baby oil or anything? <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. But... When you're dead, everything's completely flexed in rigor mortis, and that's and it's easy. It's easy to keep it flexed. Effort. Well, we don't know really. It could be like they could be trying really hard to come back to life. I would be. It seems like like no, but the cells they they go into contraction when their energy depletes. So you'll see people with chronic tension. Um, part of it, a lot of time, is postural related, which we'll talk about. But it can be exacerbated or just kind of like systemic if like just general tightness if the energy is deplete in the muscle cells and they don't have what they need to stay relaxed so one thing that that Ravisi that we studied a lot and we really like him one way that he viewed a lot of pain was he viewed it as acid pain or alkaline pain and and both of those existed in that anabolic and catabolic imbalance and in that anabolic state where we're talking about energy being created through fermentation, and a byproduct of that is, is lactic acid, uh, especially with the alkaline calcium leaving the outside of the cell and going in, it creates a very acidic environment, and it can kind of fry nerves up with that. A lot of chronic pain that someone just exists with is just the, the nerves frying in acidity. Um, because the tissue is, is not able to be in a balanced pH as it, as it should. And the opposite effect of that is in a catabolic state that, that those nerves can fry in alkalinity because something being overly alkaline can irritate tissue in the same way that something overly acid can. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and it, can also be, it can also be both at once in a complicated way where there's supposed to be proper distribution of the ions and various electrolytes inside and outside of the cell. And when we have these energy production problems, we see displacement of those electrolytes where things like calcium and sodium, which are supposed to be predominantly outside the cell, can get pulled into the cell and vice versa. The electrolytes that are predominantly inside the cell, potassium and magnesium, can leak out of the cell just because of how the, energ the energetic metabolic pathways are creating these chemical reactions that cause displacement of these electrolytes. So certain compartments are way too alkaline compared to what they're supposed to be, and certain compartments are way too acid, like the extracellular matrix. So we'll see these pH imbalances. And where I think where Ravici would, would talk about it, um, he, would, he would point out whether like the plasma was leaning way too acid or way too alkaline and would use different um, medicines or fluids or nutrients to try to push the body initially either into a more acid or more alkaline state 
And it would create either way worse pain in the individual if it was the wrong move for them, or it would relieve their pain really effectively. So through a bunch of experimentation, he was able to eventually detect that it was deeper than pH. It wasn't just like, do I need to be more acid or more alkaline? It was more along the lines of these catabolic anabolic distinctions that regulate pH or support the cells and tissues in regulating their own pH. Right. And and one of the tests that that has been used by a lot of people really is, you know, if you're having some type of tissue pain, this is usually not as much with joint pain, but with uh, like a tissue tissue type pain or a full body pain. And if a person's wondering, is it alkaline pain or acid pain, they can take literally baking soda and mix it into water. And you'd want to do this away from a meal so you don't completely destroy the digestion of that meal. And this is, again, this is not a solution to the problem. This is just a test that a person can run on themselves. And they could take alkaline, uh, this alkaline baking soda and consume it like a, you know, a teaspoon in water. And an hour later, their pain will either be cut in half or it'll be the worst that it's ever been. Right. And if it's cut in half, then that's an indication that, hey, it's probably acid pain. And you could take some steps. Uh, you know, you could also look to see, okay, am I overly anabolic? And that could confirm, yeah, it probably is acid pain. Then, And you could take steps to improve that imbalance. And if it, if the pain got much worse, then it's probably alkaline pain because the baking soda is going to be very alkaline. Um, so it's just a way to get an idea of what's going on if a person wants to do that. But I prefer they look at the anabolic, catabolic stuff. Yeah, because we I mean, we know now that going directly after trying to correct the pH is not the ultimate solution. Like we've actually figured that out after like decades and decades of research. And it can symptomatically push you in one direction or another. And it can even relieve your pain. But... If you go about, say, like you felt relief by drinking this baking soda water, and you're like, oh, awesome, I figured it out. <laughs> I got a whole box of this <laughs> <Right>. stuff. <laughs> it's only a dollar. <laughs> so if you start just downing that all the time, you're going to totally screw yourself up, which is kind of what I did. Like which I, is what a lot of people do when they listen to pH gurus, yeah. and we talked about that a few weeks ago. Yeah. I felt massive improvement in certain symptoms, like I had eczema and disappeared really quickly when I started alkalizing. And my body pain did diminish over the course of a couple months. It was starting to be like from instead of like terrifying, it was just highly annoying. But then you became too alkaline. Yeah, and then it started getting worse. And other symptoms showed up like I had a man uh, growing out of my ear. Like my gums started bleeding. Mm -hmm. I had blue circles under my eyes. And like it would have gotten worse had I stuck with it because I was swinging into the opposite imbalance. Because as we just said, regulating your pH is a is a matter of making that or supporting the cells in their efforts to maintain their integrity and produce energy. And if you do that, it's going to help or it's going to keep your your electrolytes distributed properly and your body will be able to self regulate its pHs because it'll it'll all be balanced. It's not it's not gonna help to just try to push the to pH steer it. Yeah. 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 It's like trying to change the weather by turning the the, the barometer, yeah. Right. So this sh- episode is almost done, and we've answered a question. A question. A question. It wasn't even a question. It was just joint ache day. That's all we yeah. got to. <laughs> really? That's the only one we got to? Oh, yeah. my gosh. That was just a statement. <laughs> wow. We didn't even yeah. answer a statement. All right, so let's see if we can get at least another question before we got to finish this up next all week. All right, it's a long, it's a long one, though. Uh, Debbie from Ozark, Missouri. I had debilitating back hip pain for about two years. I'm with you, Debbie. Unfortunately, I didn't have you guys as a resource back then. But I read a book by Dr. John E. Sarno called Healing Back Pain, The Mind-Body Connection. His thesis, pain that cannot be directly attributed to recent injury can be fixed by accepting that the pain comes from suppressed emotion pushed into our bodies causing tension. So I told myself that my pain was not because I was hurt. It was just emotion I was avoiding. I was pain-free within a month. My question, was it just a coincidence that this worked for me? Mr. Will, what is your opinion on the role of suppressed emotion on chronic pain? Thanks. Ooh, you're put on the spot. Wow. Yeah, let's do Nisa's question, too. And okay. Nisa, we, we decided that your name is pronounced Nisa, but mm-hmm. we don't, it might be Nisa because there's two S's there. So. I think it's Nisa. He thinks it's Nisa. What's right? Tell us. 
That, spell that's it out our phonetically. Question. We we have questions <laughs> yeah. too on the show. So spell sometime. it out phonetically sometime for us. Okay, Nisa, what do you know about tension myositis syndrome? I'm probably butchering it as it relates to chronic pain. Have you ever used Dr. Sarno's approach? Of a pritch. <laughs> Have you ever used Dr. Sarno's approach with clients and has it worked? Oh, this Dr. Sarno is making an impact. What's yeah. up? Yo. Have you ever read his stuff, Will? Um, I've read excerpts. Okay. Yeah. The Cliff Notes version. Yeah, the Cliff Notes. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it's... Dr. Sarno's dummies. Yeah. <laughs> For dummies. For dummies. dummies. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, no, I think there is a really important aspect of your mental-emotional state that goes into muscular tension. It's kind of like, have you ever scared a cat? I have. I've yeah. scared a cat. Right. So next question. Cats yeah. scare me. Thank you. <laughs> okay. so, that, was a, that was a random thing right. to ask in the no, middle but, of our health no, show. But. But no, if, when you see, like, because as apes, like, we used to be quadrupeds, and now we're more, most of us now are we more, have sneakers. more bipedal. Yeah. <laughs> so we have the same, like, spinal reflexes that most quadrupeds have like monkeys have it and eight or and uh, cats and dogs when you scare them they do this recoil thing where they their neck tenses up and they look up it's like protecting their throat they put their internal organs close to the ground so they hunch right and all this tension in their back muscles to try to like guard their organs or be ready for action so we have that same reflex when we feel stressed and that's where the term fraidy cat comes from right yeah. scaredy cat oh scaredy cat right groaning <laughs> <laughs> <It's ruining. laughs> I'm ruining everything today <laughs> so we have that same reflex still built into us even though like we're up right now and it doesn't make as much anatomical sense it still does to a degree like to hunch down but that kind of tension and recoiling of the spine is a super primal response so when you fear when you fear or um, feel like intense concern it'll create more tension throughout those that kinetic chain Um, I do think that I, I used to be a posture therapist. I guess I still am. I do that with a lot of my clients. And one of the main teachers when I was first going through the course like a decade ago would talk about how there are many people in America that maybe they have a herniated disc, maybe they don't, but they have like a ton of pain and they're constantly complaining about it and they're really debilitated by it. And then you'll look at like these, there's like a, in, in the Asian culture, like they may have a bunch of herniated discs and they do like a little Tai Chi exercise every morning and they have no pain and they never complain and they don't feel it. They're just fine. And it's like, well, your back looks awful, but they don't, I don't, I'm fine, you know? <laughs> so I think there is a very large like mental component of like where your attention is, the amount of energy you have in your body, the amount of like stress and the stress hormones and their role in pain and tension that does play into it. So yeah i think it does matter and i think for some people it is the biggest piece of the puzzle and for other people the biochemistry which has maybe more to do with nutrition is the biggest piece and for other people it's a mechanical like postural imbalance thing and if it's if it whichever like component of those three is your main thing if you take that piece on you'll probably have fantastic improvement and through evaluation you may be able to figure out which one it might be most for you. Like if you know you're a complete basket case, you might want to work on that part. Mm -hmm. If you know your posture is super out of whack, Mm -hmm. you might want to just, and if you see, if you're both, you're screwed. Right. (laughs) Or, and if you see like, you know, your diet's up or you're, you're not sure your diet's right, but you kind of hurt systemically. I'm a triple threat. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But if you're, the nature of your pain seems to be more of like a systemic thing rather than a localized joint thing. And you're not aware of any particular, things you might be stressed about, like externally with your job, your family life, relationship, then it might be more of a nutritional aspect. So whichever one seems the most important for you to work on, probably take that one on first, and then also explore the other ones to see what other impact that those aspects have. I read something or heard something somewhere. I'm probably butchering it too, but um, like every seven years or so, your body completely like regenerates. Is that true? Or yeah. we, so, you must have fell asleep on that part of the show. Oh, well, ten, did y'all just say that today? Yeah, oh, God. Today. <laughs> I don't know where I heard yeah, this. I yeah. That's hilarious. It wasn't, <laughs> right over there. it wasn't two feet in front of me or anything, but I heard okay, it somewhere. Okay, I blacked out. I'm probably just making this up. I don't know where it came from. <laughs> no, 
Okay, but I heard it two minutes ago or five minutes ago. Uh, but I, the, spy, the space time spectrum is right, I'm off today. Right, right. But like, so if you're holding on to something like cancer or something like that, I mean, then it makes sense that you're holding on to something emotionally that's making you that way. Or I guess you could still be doing some bad habit or something that that's around you, you know, in your lifestyle that you're unaware to. But I mean, how is that possible? If you make completely new things and you regenerate, then how does disease stay? Right. And so one thing that, you know, because with most things that we look at, you know, there we know that there is a mental and emotional aspect to most things. Um, but when we talk about stuff, we want to look, you know, what are the numbers? What What's going on with physiology? What's causing this? And when somebody wants to go to a therapist to talk about their depression, we tend to make fun of them a little bit, even though that action has helped a lot of people out of depression. But we like to look at the physiology and look at what's you know going on with nutrition and what, what a person can do on their own to fix that. However, there's no denying that the, the brain is a powerful thing that's going on. And you know, this is an exaggeration, really, of what Dr. Sarno does. But, you know, to say, go ahead and just decide not to be in pain, a lot of people are going to make fun of that. But the reality is that, um, you know, the brain has some control over the body, and that's been proven in a lot of different ways. And that doesn't mean it's going to be easy for every person to do that. But I think that it is possible. And when you look at all the studies that have been done, with like the placebo effect, you know, where a person thinks, oh, I'm doing something that's going to improve this health situation. And just because they believe that they're doing it, it the mind kind of figures out a way to allow the body to fix whatever the problem is. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite was a study where they, they, had, they took all these people with uh, knee pain right. and they gave them a surgery. Uh, and for half of the people, they did the surgery to scrape out the problem or fix the knee and whatever's going on. And for the other half of the people, they just did an incision and didn't do anything to the knee. And then they sewed it back up just so it looked like they did a knee surgery. And the results three years later were exactly the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the people, just as many people had improvement from the fake surgery as they did from the actual surgery. Yeah. And it's just amazing. Somebody once said something about a placebo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, it's not what I do, you know, but... Surgery? You don't no, do surgery? No, I don't do surgery with okay. people. No, but, it, no, this, you know, the brain power thing, I, I just, I feel like it counts. I feel like, you know, why not, you know, try that out for yourself um, because it's free, especially if you can buy into it. Especially if you believe that that's going to bring some improvement, then why not? Yeah, I mean, I think placebo effect is maybe the most potent right. across-the-board right. cure-all of everything. Right. Like um, stati- statistically. You should just give me a pill and say, this is a weight loss. People, yeah, people do a, that. I'm going to believe people it. Have, oh, my gosh. People have done that with sugar pills or whatever. Like, you know what would be awesome is if I gave that to Kenna and she lost, She reached her goal like in three weeks. Yeah. And in that pill was actually sugar. Yeah. <laughs> right? She's like a little cop. It's like, it's this ultra nutrient. Like whatever. Right, right. But no, it totally works. So I do think it's an important piece of the puzzle. And you can also look at like the hopefulness that you can have can also change your behavior, which can change your result too. Like had I gone into the postural alignment stuff, like when I was having horrible knee pain, and had I listened to, like, the trainers who were, like, shaking their head at me, like, oh, you're, what are you doing? You're wasting your time. They literally did that. Like, in the first couple of days of doing these exercises, they were, like, you know, this this bodybuilder with a bunch of shoulder surgeries and sciatic pain was just shaking his head at me, like, yeah, hey, you're an idiot. Uh-huh. And then, like, two weeks later, I was out of pain. And I was, like, you know, had I not had hope that it, I could yeah. find a solution, I probably, I don't know, I might, I probably would have been, like, dissuaded and be like, yeah, you're right, I'll just suffer who's the idiot now right um so we've spent way too long we need to we're gonna wrap up this episode here and we're gonna have to pick this up and i gotta wake up right um so for now you've learned almost nothing so far to actually utilize other than to look at your physiology i I relearned things yeah like i relearned them twice um 
So next week we're going to get right into the questions and we'll get into more of these specific types of pain and which parts of physiology to look at to figure out what the underlying cause might be for you. But for now, for this week, with joint pain, it's good to look at. Are you overly anabolic or overly catabolic? And with systemic pain, the same situation, are you leaning in either of those directions and is either of those imbalances creating an acid pain or an alkaline pain at the nerve area? And we also learned like, it's important to try to address the primary causes in your case, whether they're postural, nutritional, or mental-emotional. Um, and once you learn more about the nature of, uh, of your, what's the main cause in yours, to take action regarding that, but also know these other aspects can also support your efforts. Correct. Yep. Oh, was something repeated again? That no, I, didn't I was playing catch. with my headphones. I wanted to see what Will sounded like oh, when I had headphones oh, oh, on oh, and headphones okay, off. Okay, okay. Right. So if you're, if you're confused, like, oh, I don't know, is it postural, is it nutrition, is it just all in my head? Try working on all of them mm-hmm. and see, like, oh, like, do you feel way better after you did these alignment exercises? Or did this change in diet, like, make a big shift? Or did some mental, did you do the some... Affirmation. Right. Yeah. Did you stand up and have less pain from one thing? And, and just to clarify what Will said, I, I don't... I don't think anything is ever just in your head, but there, I think that you can change your viewpoint in your head that can allow your body to change what it's doing. Mm. So if you're in this pain, because someone probably has told you it's just in your head. Someone has probably just said that. And uh, don't view it like your pain is fake. It's it's not. It's real. Um, what I think what Dr. Sano's work is more about was uh, changing what's going on in your body through what you're thinking about. All right. If you want to learn more about how to look at your own chemistry, you can read any of Tony's books or take the free four-week digestion course at kickitinthenuts.com and go to healthprocourse.com to learn more about how to become a health coach. Also, head on over to Will Schmidt's mybodyofknowledge.net and you can learn some of these posture exercises there, right? Yeah, yeah next yeah. episode we're going to have to... And in the show notes, we're going to put some links to... Uh, some of Will's info on the structural stuff and postural stuff they're going to get a lot more into next week. Yeah, cool. if you want to check that out ahead of time, you can just go to mybodyofknowledge.net and in the little search box type in pain and it'll bring up all the pages where I talk about pain relief and there's some videos there too of alignment exercises you can do. Awesome. Right. See you next week. Learn more about today's topic by becoming a KIY member and gain access to our members-only podcast episodes. That's where we dig deeper into each topic and share the secrets that help our clients and coaches see such amazing results. You'll also gain access to our private support group where you can ask us questions when you get stuck. It's only $9 a month and you get free shipping at naturalreference.com, which can save you like $9 a month. So do the math and join the Kick It Yourself KIY gang. Go to kickitnaturally.com forward slash KIY and we'll see you on the inside.